The topic for today is a very interesting one. I began writing Ramadan last year and closed it because of other involvements of mine. So fortunately, I reopened it a few days back, finished it and edited it to the best of my ability. My dad always taught me from a young age that if I'm to write or give a talk on any topic, I must first define the topical words, then move forward, because this gives a bigger picture of the job ahead. So my dear brothers and sisters in Islam, the topic for today is timing in Islam. What is timing in Islam? Timing in Islam is being at peace with ourselves, our environment, every second of the day till our last breath. Because Islam is derived from Salam, meaning peace. And you can only get true peace from true happiness. True peace begets true happiness, which begets fulfillment. And fulfillment can only be derived from true worship of the Almighty. 
And when I'm when I'm saying the Almighty, who am I referring to? Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, through worship of Him. So, Allah knows there are many forms of deception in this world. But He said we should only worship Him because that is what will make our life in this world and the next yield positive results. Allah loves us more than ourselves. He loves us more than the way our parents love, love us. He loves us more than the way our religious leaders claim to love us. He loves us more than any other person on, on this earth, on the planet. Yet. He won't say we should spend our time to worship only him if other things will profit us. He wants the best for us. So worshiping Allah in every TikTok. Now when I'm saying TikTok, I'm not talking of the TikTok. I'm talking of worshiping Allah in every second. We were born in a specific time. So we have a birth date. And also a death date, which we don't know. And all is made up of time. On the day of resurrection, when we stand before Allah, what will we be accountable for? The time we spend on earth. Even if we go to another planet, we we'll account for what we did on the other planet, aside earth, planet earth. So Allah will hold us accountable for every TikTok we spent on earth. Every second we spent on earth. The Englishman says, time is equal to money. But really, I don't really expect a Muslim to say the same. Yeah, we need money to do more acts of ibadah to propagate Islam. But what I expect a Muslim to say is, time is equal to good deeds. More good deeds. The more time we have, the more good deeds. And with more good deeds, we should get to Jannah, because Allah. So when I was an undergraduate, before I wrote this, before I wrote about this lecture, when I started writing this lecture, I was discussing with my roommate then, Fatima, and we're talking about, okay, we are seeing how the years we are spending as an undergraduate, what we are studying is an act of Ibadah, we are doing Jihad. Then I asked her, how good is this Jihad we are doing? How good is it? Are we really the first to be in class? Are we, do we take our coursework seriously? When the lecturer is teaching, are we giving 100% concentration? Because we are saying this is jihad, we are doing jihad. So if we die in this course, we are dying because we are dying, we are dying like, yes, we are doing jihad. And we'll be rewarded that we are doing jihad. But how good are we doing this jihad? So, I was reading, doing an act of ibadah all this while. Did I do the act of Bada well? Did I read well? To justify every minute I spent as an undergraduate. May Allah continue to guide us. May He accept our sins and deeds as acts of Bada. Because when I look back, I would say, oh, okay, this jihad that I was doing, how well did I do it well? How will I face Allah that yes, this is the jihad well? Because that was what the time I spent as that, that was what I was really facing on academics, 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 majorly academics, not any other thing. So, 
Hadith of the Prophet states, there are two blessings which many people lose, health and free time. I found out that when it's Black Friday, we rush to the shop for things because it's a specific duration with attractive discounts. Now, are these discounts for Black Friday or whatsoever they call it? On, on, we know the discounts supermarkets do or maybe the business have to do. Are they more attractive than the bonus rewards from Allah? Do we make use of the bonuses that Allah gives to us? Or we don't really count it because the world can rate it. Like, okay, that's very good. Or because we can't see it. Time management. Good time management begets good timetable. I found out that the solution to all this is having a good timetable. To manage our time well. So just imagine if in schools or maybe an event, time is not allocated to every teacher or every speaker. As one is speaking, another is at the door. <laughs> or you have two speakers at once and your event is in a state of Olabalu. Your listeners don't know who to listen to. The speakers are also confused because one is interrupting the other. So this applies to our daily lives. Because if we don't allocate time, we end up doing two more, two or more activities at a time, and we may end up getting confused. So when we wake up, we perform our sober prayers. We should look at our activities for the day and assign them alongside our father's solar and be like, okay, I'll do this from this time to this time, this time to this time. Okay, this time is solar to zor. This time Salat Asr, this time Salat Maghrib, Salat Isha. So when we assign that, and you'll be like, Inshallah, Bismillah, I hope to achieve all this by the end of the day. So my brothers and sisters in Islam, one who does this and one who doesn't, who do you think will be more purpose-driven and successful? It's so obvious. The one who has good timetable. Allah, the creator of time, He who knows the best time for every event in our lives, the sole owner of time, swore by time and sought to ask her. Allah said in Surah Al Asr, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, Wala Hasa. By the declining day, man is in a state of loss. Except those who believe and do good works and exhort one another to truth and exhort one another to endurance. That means all what we have to do in a day. It really won't benefit us, except we do it to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So a lot of youths go into depression because of what they thought they should have achieved. And that's so common now. 
because of social pressure and also social media, what we see others accumulating and doing, or of what they thought they should have achieved and they are yet to achieve it. So, we should know that there is no late comma in the world of success. Keep doing good, it's anathema, and you will reap the fruit sooner or later. So if you're feeling down and thinking time is against you, why worry? Speak to the owner of time, Allahu Kafuru Rahim, Allahu Haziz Al Hakim, Allahu Sami Al Halim. I like using these words more often to show that Allah is in control of my life and no one else is in control of my life. He is closer to you than your jugular vein and he has given you bonanza periods. Your prayers will be accepted, accepted more quickly. And if your prayers, if you feel your prayers have not been accepted, just know he has something better in store for you. I have many scenarios like that in my life where I didn't get something and God showed me he had something way, 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 way better than what I wanted. So what are these bonanza periods? Just to refresh ourselves and refresh our knowledge. When we are sick, when we are traveling, when we are about to break our fasts, when it's raining, the last part of the night, and so on. So, if you have this bonanza period, why are you sad? Why are you worried as a Muslim? The Prophet used to call on Muslims to take the initiative to do good deeds. Before any obstacle arises, the Prophet said, Lose no time to do good deeds before you are caught up by one of the seven calamities awaiting you. That is to say, each and every one of us, every one of us have at least one calamity awaiting us. If we haven't experienced it, I'm sure we have someone in our neighborhood, in our workplace, in our school, in our environment, who is facing one or more of these calamities. A starvation which may impair your wisdom. A prosperity which may mislead you. An ailment which may damage your health. An old age which may arm your senses. A sudden death the Dajjal, who is popularly known as Antichrist, or Doomsday, which is indeed the hardest and most bitter. This was transmitted by Al-Tarmidhi. Prophet Muhammad also said in one of his hadith, take advantage of five matters before five other matters. He's advising us take advantage of five before this other five. Your youth before you become old. Your health before you fall sick. Your wealth before you become poor. Your free time before you become preoccupied. And your life before your death. This was transmitted by Musnad Imam Ahmad. Now we say we should take advantage of five things. Our youth, our health, our wealth our free time and our life now if we look at the number of rakas like you wake up or after ajud uh, a lady or a man of 25 years can pray from the first part of the night and the last part of the night and they are so okay they have the energy to do that 
But when you're getting to 70, 80, you find that the energy begins to decrease, even though you are so used to it from your youth. You can't just perform. You can't pray throughout the night, from the first part of the night to the last part of the night. You're helped before you fall sick. You're helped. Today, you're working with your two legs. You're so happy. That's when you can perform Zura at the right time, Asura at the right time, Maghrib at the right time, because you are healthy. You can perform ablution with water. One of the times that really touched me was when a, sis a sister in the Uma, very close to me, got burnt with water. She couldn't even put water on her body. Perform ablution, and this is someone who we knew that was very late. Performing ablution was... So she had to use sand. So sisters in Islam and brothers in Islam, it's so good for us to make use of our health. Because tomorrow you may even be in coma. Tomorrow you may you might even be in um, you might even have an accident. We seek refuge from Allah against any of that. But let's make use of our health. Now that we're healthy, how well are you worshiping Allah now that you're healthy? So that when you even fall sick, you praise Allah to Doha every day. When you fall sick, you keep getting the reward, even though you can't praise Allah to Doha in that, in that position. Because you always pray. You always perform Salah to Doha. Now you're wealth before you become poor. Being wealthy, if you are, if you are blessed to have more in abundance than others, it's really, really, really a platform to do more acts of Ibadah. Donate to orphanages, create job opportunities, and so on before you become poor. Because when you are, because what a poor man can do, you can do times five. You are the act of that we can do without wealth. Smiling to your neighbor and the rest, shaking, picking, and footings on the way. But when you are poor, you can do times five because you can do that and also you and also help the woman propagate this lap. So your free time before you become preoccupied. So this is this is one of the things I I have also experienced. I remember um, before getting admission into the university, I stayed at home for one year. I wasn't really doing and I can't say specifically this is what I did with that one year of mine. I was saying okay when I get to the university, by the time I finish my six years, seven years, I would be a Hafiz al Quran. But I got to the university, I found out that there is no really, really time, even though you want to squeeze time. The little time you have, you have lots of coursework on you. Then the little space you have at night, you want to sleep. So there was no really, really time. I began regretting. Why didn't I take my Quran, my Islamic learning more seriously when I had the time? So when we have little time, before we become preoccupied, let's use that in worshipping Allah. So your life before your death. It's when you are alive, you can smile to your neighbor and get rewarded. You can shake your neighbor and get rewarded. You can buy something for your kids and get rewarded. You can buy something for your wife or your husband and get rewarded. You can teach the woman get rewarded. But when you are in the grave, there is nobody to smile to. It's only you. You can't do. What act of Ibadah can you do in the grave, please? Even though you have mansions on earth, can you do it? You can't do anything. It's already someone else's property. You can't really do anything. So it's when you are alive, you can really do more acts of, you can do acts of Ibadah, you can really worship Allah. So the Prophet is telling us to take advantage of these matters before five other matters. When Allah 
talks about past events in the Quran. If you are conversant with reading translated Quran, I love reading translated Quran personally because I feel it's a storybook for me. Yeah, I think that's my storybook, my novel. I love to read much about the Quran and get learn a lot about past events that happened because you really learn a lot from politics to marital to every other thing you want to learn about, you want to know, you are inquisitive about. So in the Quran, Allah is telling us about how our predecessors did during their stay on earth. How they use their time and what they should learn and what we should learn and utilize the knowledge on how they invested their time. Mainly, that's part of what the Quran is telling us. Those that came before us, how did they use their time? How did they invest their time? What shouldn't they have done with their time? So same with the Adit, which elaborates more about Sirah and the lives of Sahabas and the touch periods of Islam. So Allah said in the most authentic book in the universe, the Quran, I have only created jinns and men that they may save me. Only. Now, we should, we should, we should, we should, we should I have not finished the verse, but we should look at this word only. Only when they said when they say Amina has only one car, you don't go and start asking asking Amina, where are your cars? When they say Ibrahim has one only one house, you don't go to Mr. Ibrahim and start asking him, where are your other houses? When they say only he needs one, only one God, so that they may save me. So Allah is telling us. He created us genes are men for only one reason so that we may save him. He didn't Allah didn't say I created genes are men to save me and 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 he said only to save me so we should know that no sustenance do I require of them nor do I require that they may feed me for Allah is he who gives sustenance, Lord of power, steadfast forever. This is Quran chapter 51. So we should note the word only and save. Allah didn't say I created for you to worship me for some time and do what you wish with the rest of your time. Let me explain further if we still don't grasp the meaning of the verse. In every second of every minute of every hour, of every hour, Allah gives us as a privilege to be alive. All we should be doing is worshipping Him either directly or indirectly, in the eating or in the open, individually or in group, at work at markets or at school and so on every opportunity you have is to worship allah so some people may say so i should leave my work and stay on prayama 247 no no and no that's not what i'm trying to imply what i'm saying is whatever we want to do we should start it with the name of allah and end it with his name we should have the intention preceding the action 
that we are doing it for the sake of Allah. Let me give examples to illustrate further. Okay, you want to sleep. Let me start from there. You say your night has come, you sleep on your right, with Bismillah. For every breath you take till in the morning, you are rewarded. Just imagine, just imagine, get a reward for just breathing. Then in the first or second half of the night, you fulfill your conjugal duty with your spouse. If you are married, not with your spouse, I didn't say with your boyfriend or girlfriend or fiancé, I said with your spouse. So you also say Bismillah before that. You have satisfied your needs and also your spouse's needs. You are being rewarded. You do busul, the ritual bath, you wear clean clothes, you obey in Allah and also following sunnah. Your reward is increasing. Then you pray tahajjud in the last part of the night, you recite Quran, you do muaskar, you are worshipping Allah and he's watching and rewarding you accordingly. No act of yours is overlooked by Allah. You wake your family up for subway prayer if they are not awake or if they, if they haven't joined you for tahajjud. You pray subway together or you go to the masjid to pray. Being an imam for your family or walk into the masjid. Your rewards are accumulating. After prayer, you shake your neighbors. After salah, you go home, you prepare for work if you're a man or prepare for the kids for school too if you have them. That's your responsibility from Allah. You are being rewarded. As a wife, you cook breakfast. You serve your family, you wash the dishes and also prepare for work. Or if you're a stay-at-home mom, you know what to do. The angels are rewarding. Allah is watching. Then you go to work. You smile as you shake or hug your colleagues of same gender as you. I didn't say the opposite gender, of same gender. You, you do your job beautifully. You go back home, you shower, you teach your kids Quran, or you prepare them for Quranic school, or if you yourself want to go to Quranic school. You praise Zohar and Asr at the appointed times. You observe siesta if you're opportune to. Watch the news or channels which increase you in positive knowledge. Not just channels, not just any out channels. Channels which gives you positive knowledge as a human being. And keep you updated about your society and the world at large. You eat dinner. As a family, you feed your spouse and kids if possible. Observe Salat Isha. You're with the prayers. If you don't feel like extending it till when you want to be tired, and you sleep. Some of us do more than this. What I want, what I really want us to derive is there is nothing odd about the description I just made. The description I just made, there is no rocket science about it. I, I just, the only thing that may have annulled, that may annul it as acts of Ibadah, what I just explained, is us forgetting to say Bismillah before starting. And we may lose reward for not saying Alhamdulillah by finishing. That's just it. Of finishing the activities. So, so also is our intention before starting. Are we doing it for the sake of Allah? 
So even if we don't end up, if we have set our timetable for the day, and even if we don't end up doing it due to unforeseen circumstances, we are rewarded because of our good intention. Actions are judged according to intentions. So in my description, I didn't mention beating up spouse or in abuses at spouse, ignoring fadzola, sleeping throughout the day, listening to music, going to clubs, ignoring and frowning at colleagues at work, insulting passerbys and neighbors, and so on. I didn't mention any of that. So my brothers and sisters in Islam, with my description, is it too hard? To worship Allah 24 hours in a day. That is the question I have. Is it to add to worship Allah 24 hours in a day? I don't think it's too much. So, when you are conversant with your time as a Muslim, you follow the time for prayers. You know there is a duration for two rakah before Salah to Sabi, which the Prophet said weighs bigger than everything in the heavens and the earth added together. You know about Salah to Duha. Even if you are in class or you are in ward, you are in office, you are comfortable. Okay, I can't pray Duha now, but I had the intention of praying Duha. And you get rewarded for it. You know sleeping between Zora and Asera is Sunnah, which the Englishman calls Easter. You know Salat al-Witr is best from the last part of the night. You know that breaking your fast immediately at sundown is more rewarding. You know that finishing your sahur just before the call for Adhan is the best. You know the person who is in the mosque for Juma just before the Adhan has more reward than one who comes when the congregation starts for prayer. So with all this, what am I just trying to say? The topical word, the master stroke, stroke of all this is time. T-I-M-E. Time. Time. A four-letter word. T-I-M-E. Time. So my brothers and my sisters in Islam, even if we are not able to fulfill it, but the fact that we are conscious and we are aware of it is really, really beneficial to us. Every word of mine today is elaborated by the Quran and Adid. Islamic scholars have lectures on this topic from books videos to audios to pdfs to powerpoints and so on please read we should read the first word said to the prophet was ikra read there is a very very big reason for that read ikra read in the name of your lord who created you from a clot of blood. So, my brothers and sisters, Islam, we should call, cultivate the culture of reading. So, we have a vast mindset 
we have a mind which is which has vast knowledge because the most dangerous muslim is uh, an ignorant muslim because he or she keeps saying i am a muslim i know i know and you don't know the most dangerous muslim is a, is an ignorant muslim and when you are you are you are ignorant you don't know how to manage your time you don't even know the bonanza periods that Allah is giving you. Things happen around you and you can't even you can't even see it. You can't even you can't even acknowledge it. A cock crows, you don't know that a cock has seen an angel and you should praise Allah. A cock crows and you're like, it's normal. Cock crows. Because <laughs> you don't know it happens. You don't know the reason why it does that. So, my brothers and sisters in Islam, I conclude my talk with this sentence. More knowledge about time in Islam is equal to being a mummy. The more knowledge you have about time in Islam, equates, it translated, it's translated to being a mummy. You become a better believer. And that's a mummy. One who is steadfast in religion. You want to be a woman? Have good time management. It's that simple. There is no rocket science about all this. May Allah make this lecture beneficial for us, for dunya, for Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdi. أشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت أستغفرك وأتوب Thank you so much for listening. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.